0: the Believe in SMU podcast after a two-week hiatus. We were off last week. I missed uh, you guys so much. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I want to uh, apologize to all the listeners. I was dealing with a ridiculous amount of allergy issues all at once. I was dealing with phlegm, dealing with congestion, had a sinus headache, all the things that you can deal with when it comes to allergies and a sore throat. It just—I was not going to be able to talk or sound right. It was all that. So I wanted to have my my radio business voice, as you put it, when I when you called me that one time. And I was like, <laughs> "Hello, this is Steven. And you were like, "Oh, you, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, it's like, oh, corporate this, voice. This is corporate. This yeah, guy? this is this. <laughs> absolutely uh, episode seven of the Believe in SMU podcast. We are quickly getting close to the end of the regular season uh, in NCAA football. Man so much has happened in the 2 weeks since we last talked we were we were when we when we left our last episode we were talking about smu not winning another game this year and mm-hmm. finishing 7 and 5
1: and i was i was i was very much so proud to be proven wrong
0: man we ate so much crow oh man like i i was so excited to come in that next week or the week after or the day or whatever episode after to talk about how amazing SMU played.
1: They, they looked great.
0: I was ready to give so many, and I will still do it, so much kudos to the secondary because they actually played their best game. Like from...
1: The whole team, just start the, to finish.
0: Yeah, the, from start to finish, the the cornerbacks and the safeties and the rotation that they had, it was, it was executed perfectly. Yep. You take away the two short fields that uh, UCF had that game, I, we're looking at probably maybe a 60 to nothing easy because UCF had no nothing for they they could play a little bit in between the 20s but, but they wouldn't we'll say they would they would bend a little bit but they would they definitely did not break that fight at that time and I was going to and I actually had a comment saying are you finally going to give Jahari Rogers some credit because <laughs> he was so, making some plays <laughs> like, hey yeah I, I I'm I'm eating my crow right now because Jahari's playing his best game of the of his collegiate career so far right and then Saturday happened. Yep, complete 180. You had your best game of the year, and the we have to start winning to to help our destiny and maybe playing the AAC title game. To we ain't even going to show up.
1: No, not at all.
0: Uh, I'm full disclosure. I was out this past weekend. I had no access to TV, barely any internet. I got a text from Brian. Speaking of which, let's re- introduce ourselves. Sitting in front of me is Brian, B-Mac <laughs> me, Brian yep. McCann, BMAC929. B-Mac yep. <laughs> I'm Steven Peters, our, the the, excited the co-pilots for this Believe in SMU podcast, which is, again, brought to us by Lot & Block Group. Man, we appreciate their support and allowing us to be in this wonderful VentureX studio high atop. The, Castle uh, Hills. Castle Hills. Would you know you got annexed in into Louisville? Into
1: Louisville. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Welcome to my own stomping grounds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but lot and block. We appreciate it. Uh, this, is an, this is an award-winning group that has been a party to sold listings and rep- or represented buyers totaling over a hundred million dollars in closed real estate transactions, ranging from first-time home buyers, international and domestic relocation, location. Excuse me. Clients moving up or down sizing, both buying and or selling luxury homes and development project sales. I hope I didn't uh, slaughter that as much as I think I did in my (laughs) head.
1: They cover it all.
0: Yes, but we appreciate them for uh, giving us this airtime in in these wonderful studios and on these wonderful mic and uh, the road. Class A, Pro Bias, Preamps, Apex, Onboard. That's what makes (laughs) it sound good. That's what makes it sound good, but... Back to what we were saying, we had perfect game to the most imperfect game. It's right. What we were just kind of chopping up before we got onto the, got the recording going. It's incredibly depressing, the dichotomy of this team the last two weeks because you 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 didn't control your own destiny. All it took was one uh, Cincinnati win in their final two games. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be against UC uh, against SMU and. It started early, right out the gate. Three and out, fifty-four yard touchdown, and then Cincinnati Boom. to the house on one play. Yep. One play is all it took, and it's funny. I love watching. My favorite thing. I don't. I'm not a huge ESPN fan, but one thing I love is that they have the predictability and in, in, uh, score, or like mm-hmm. who's going to win and what's what, it, what percentage is at. The game started at seventy six percent chance for Cincy. for Cincy. After that play it dropped, it went to eighty eight, and it just pretty much stayed line at hundred the rest of the game. <laughs> it was an ugly game. Uh, even looking at highlights that I was able to get uh, into, it was just one hundred ninety nine yards total. They had what maybe sixty something in the first half. Yeah,
1: they look they looked unprepared. It looked like they they like they didn't believe it. You know, like they didn't go in there with the confidence to. Go and win a game.
0: And they... I mean, it's not like they were... Yeah, you're missing Danny Gray. Right. Okay. But you had Goffney, who showed out the week before against He played UCF. awesome against Central Florida. Yeah. Uh, you still have Tanner Mordecai. You have Bentley and Trey Siggers and everybody else. You had your full complement you outside got, of Gray. we got
1: saying, You got Rice. You got... Everybody. It, everybody steps up. like, And that's the thing, especially with the receiving and,
0: core. And it was had nothing going for them at all Mm-mm. offensively, especially in that first half. And then you get two weak scores at the, end, at, right the there, end. at the end, and there's a lot of contention that I've seen on Twitter about, well, UCF took their foot off the gas and had reserves in, SMU still had their starters in, and only then were they able to score, you know, should they have done that. And I, I don't know what side I lean on. I, if you're up big and, and you're not worried about the end result score, Okay, I'm okay with you taking out your starters and mm-hmm. getting guys some just game action or whatever that you might want to see next year or whatever. Right. I don't know how I feel about the other side of a team getting blown out, having that other team take its starters off. Do you do the same thing? Do you put your reserves in? Right. Um, or do you let the starters hang loose and at least do something? I guess. I mean, I know. I know there's always been talk from you know head coaches in, in the NFL and college uh, ball about. At least trying to get some positive momentum for the next week, but
1: I'm not. I don't necessarily believe in that. I don't think you you're looking at a 55 or however many points they lost by. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you're looking at that with any type of positive momentum. I don't care who you are. Yeah, right? I mean, you're like, down
0: 48 to nothing. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. at that point, uh, I don't know what two touchdowns in garbage time against backups does for you. So right. I can understand the, people, the, the people's uh, point about, well, you should take them out too. But I also understand the other side. You just, at least it's meaningful reps and, you know, it's, it's a positive end to a very bad day. And it really all stems from lack of preparation. preparation. Lack of being motivated because. And that was
1: another thing too, as hard as um, we can critique the players, I felt like SMU was thoroughly outcoached this game.
0: I mean, Fickle's a good coach. Yeah. He's, I mean, there's a damn good reason why Cincinnati the last two years has challenged and is now within the college football playoff.
1: Right, right, right. Man, I hope
0: you, oh, I was I, happy to see I that. I hope Ohio way. State uh, is, uh, drops to – or gets to one or something like that, like Georgia loses and they go to one or something. That way it's Ohio State versus Cincinnati. That would be such a that, great match. That would be dope. It would be an incredibly – I know it wouldn't be played in Cincinnati, or in, in Ohio, which I almost feel like it should be if that were the case, but – It'd be a fun be uh, bragging great, rights game for sure. But, yeah, um, yeah. It, it looked like it, from what I read, what I saw in, in brief highlights, they just looked like a team that just – they didn't have the – not full support of their coach, but it's like they were preparing prepared for the aftermath of what – was being talked about to come on Monday, which was the potential departure of Sonny Dykes. Mm -hmm. All reports, all sources that I've heard from, indications I've heard from are he is going to TCU. Right. I think that's a lateral move in terms of standing of where TCU is. They're a middle to bottom of the rung Big 12 team right now. Absolutely. Um, But at the same time, there are factors that – align with what we said that SMU needs to do to keep Dykes and they're in a power five conference, mm-hmm. at least for now. However that shakes out, he's still in the Metroplex. Right. And a little bit more money. Now granted, the money that he would be getting if he stays would make him the top, I think group of six. Top coach. three. Right. Highest paid coach in the in the group uh, yeah the group of five right um, conferences and then but I mean, TCU. He's going to be getting a marginal raise off of that. So it's, I I get it that that's more desirable. I just I just I don't know. Maybe Fort Worth is more of his speed. Maybe he <laughs> likes that more than uh, the Dallas scene. I don't know. But uh, he's
1: got he's got to have. Um, I guess he's got to have a plan going into it because you can't sit there and you've built this program. You know, come be a hometown hero mm-hmm. and come be in Dallas and all that stuff. And to me. I don't know, you, how can you flip it, you know? Well, now just come come be a hometown hero on Fort Worth. Or- yeah,
0: it's, it's not a good look. Uh, and looking at TCU Twitter, they are less than enthused to have Sonny Dykes. Right. Um, you know, granted, he's he's done a good job in turning around SMU and bringing in the right people who we're we're going to talk about here in a second as uh, those who can put the program... In, in the right lane or the right, or the right Avenue Mm -hmm. that includes a Garrett Riley who has in the last two years taken the offense to new heights that weren't achieved before previously. Yeah. He's got Rashad samples in Mm -hmm. who can recruit because of his ties with his dad in Duncanville and his experience gain at Texas. Absolutely. He can recruit the hell out of this area and he has done so look at the four stars that have come in Mm -hmm. uh, or have at least committed verbally who will probably decommit Decommit and Um, go
1: 30 minutes. I
0: doubt they're going to go. See, so there's the, there's the weirdness about it is, you know, while they're both not technically religious schools, they have differences about them that make a little, that make TCU a little bit more awkward or weird in what they view. So Mm -hmm. they're, they're not like, well, you have to do X, Y, and Z like BYU. They're not a BYU. Right. But, they do have some guidelines that you have to establish by and they try to get rid of it more and more and more, but there's still something that's still something exists. in place. Right. So I don't know if that will translate. I, I have no idea about Chance Biddle or Jordan. Um they're uh, GPA's and their the, uh, their academics. I'm, I imagine that they're pretty high. Right. Um,
1: That'll be interesting to see how that affects recruiting, though. I hadn't even considered that angle until you brought it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, because if if you lose samples, who's gonna who has been the recruiting stalwart for for SMU the last few years? I mean, mm-hmm. he he is the reason why they ha- have been better in their recruiting. Absolutely, averaging I think in the 40s to 50s range. Right. Which, you know, it's not the best, but for a small school in the middle of a Metroplex in a G5 conference, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, so it's... It'll
1: definitely be interesting to see how um, how so it plays out because kids are committing to coaches. You're not mm-hmm. committing to the school. You're not committing to the program. You're committing to that coaching.
0: Although, to that end, there's a kid in Flower Mound, uh, Nick Evers. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually... So Mullen was fired. Mm-hmm he actually put out a great excuse me a great uh, tweet that or it was a note I don't I think it was from Google, uh, apple notes or whatever it said i'm going to stick with my commitment for now and see what comes of the new coaching staff and hopefully i have a spot here uh, so obviously he wouldn't be signing i don't think december 15th is the early signing the early for signing football thing, right? and i think february is the last one right some i can i don't I can't, even
1: think it really matters anymore for that last one Well, it it doesn't,
0: um, (laughs) which used to be the Holy grail of college football signing day. It was just that day. Mm -hmm. And now you have, I remember it. So
1: I was like, how they changed the signing (laughs) day. Like what?
0: Right. Um, so Nick Evers put out a tweet saying, uh, he's a flower mound kid, a quarterback, dual threat quarterback who, uh, verbally committed to go to Florida Mullins out, but he said he'll stick with his commitment for now and see what shakes out. I like that. You know, that shows good character and everything like that. Not everybody's going to be about that for Mm -hmm. sure. Uh, but there will be some defections for sure. Win Dykes, and again, this is nothing is set in stone. There is a lot of competing. This is all speculation. This is <laughs> a lot of competing noise about how much and where he would be going to. But all signs point to him going to TCU. Um, you can you can see that everywhere, and TCU fans aren't excited about that. But it's that vacuum effect now. So, do you keep Garrett Riley, who is taking his offense to new heights mm-hmm. uh, with Bouchelle and now Tanner Mordecai? Or do you take a guy who has shown great promise so far, but it hasn't been as fast-tracked as a Garrett Riley has, and promote Rashad Samples? Right. Uh, so you can keep that recruiting intact.
1: I like, I like both of them. I don't think either one of them necessarily is ready to be a head coach but I don't either but, but I, but go ahead I think you hold on given a choice I think you hold on to samples for sure do what you got to do pay him what you need to pay him mm-hmm. give him whatever titles he needs to make sure that you hold on to him because I do think he will be an awesome head coach and I think it would be great for him to be at SMU mm-hmm. when the time comes I just don't personally know that I've feel he's ready but you know because there are, that's why you play the game
0: there are reports out that saying that he's getting out interest from the sec and big some sec and big 12 schools two of them that i know of for sure are back to texas and then lsu mm-hmm. not necessarily head coaching he's not going to replace sark he's definitely not going to be the head coach at lsu but there is high interest from lsu to him be a uh Basically, an assistant head coach. He's an mm-hmm. associate right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he does running backs. Is that right. what it is? Yeah. So, keeping that, I think, is, to your point, much more uh, important than having an off- an offensive-minded guru. Right. Because um, you can find an offensive-minded I was going to say, they. Those no, no respect
1: to Garrett Riley, but they are a dime a dozen everywhere.
0: Absolutely. You can pluck them from the FCS ranks. You can yep. pluck them from the high school ranks. Yep. There are plenty of great high school – or not high school, but – Offensive coaches out there that can tinker and continue the track that 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 the offense has been on the last couple of years and make it their own or whatever with this with the players that they have. Mm-hmm. You cannot replace a good recruiter right with just anybody. No, it doesn't work. The same. I mean, so you know, Mac Brown as an example, great recruiter in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. They brought in Charlie Strong, would not recruit Texas kids. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go national and everything like that. And one when you don't have the Texas coaches on your side. And you're not engaging with them, doesn't help. You're damned, yeah, for sure. The other point to this is you have now after the, la- in the last 24 hours, a r- lots of reports of Rhett Lashley, a former SMU court OC, uh, OC uh-huh. being the top choice potentially to replace Sunny Dykes. Mm-hmm. That literally doesn't move the needle for me at all because you. Were almost front and center to that. You were what? You uh, uh one class removed,
1: somewhere around there
0: from being uh, when he was there, right? Right. Well, no, it was a little more than that, but
1: yeah, it it's not. Um, I like it for the fact that he's been there before. He, he's been there. He's he's experienced in kind of how SMU goes about their business, right? It's all. It's a little different mm-hmm. as far as when you get in there, and even the support that the athletic department gets and all of that stuff. They like to move a certain way, and so I think the one of the big pluses with trying to target him is he's been in there already. He knows how they like to do business. He knows how things move. He knows who to talk to. He knows who to lean on. He knows how to get stuff done quickly. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that learning curve with somebody who's coming in and trying to figure it out as they're trying to keep their recruits together, as they're trying to get their staff in place, as they're trying to you know, do all those other things or whatever. Now, when you look at on-the-field product from that, to me doesn't really um excite me i'm not mad about it but it's not anything that um i'm just like oh if we could get him you know that that'd just make my day no no.
0: yeah as as equally as me tcu fans are about sonny dykes that's how exactly how i feel Mm -hmm. he doesn't move the needle for me at all if anything it just it's it's just Mm -hmm. stuck in in the idle position right um I've never been impressed with Miami's offense since he's been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely remember not being impressed with whenever I would watch an SMU game of that very nickel and dime West Coast spread that mm-hmm. he ran uh, with uh, the, the Mustangs back then. It just it doesn't do anything. It doesn't excite me. It's kind of like... It's kind of like Garrett, uh, Jason Garrett. You know, he was a highly thought of offensive mind before he became the Cowboys' head coach, and they mm-hmm. inked him to a long assistant uh, coach or assistant coordinator deal before hiring Wade Phillips, and he was going to be the guy in, in charge. But by, by the time he became the guy in charge, everything that he was working toward didn't jive anymore in the NFL, right. and it, it, now he's fired from the Giants because it just doesn't—it it's just doesn't done. work. Mm-hmm. He seems like that type of cut from the claw that's mm-hmm. very vanilla, milk toast type of...
1: This is what it has to be.
0: Well, it's not even that. just that this is what it has to be. It's just that there's there's no pizzazz. There's nothing that at any given moment this team can go off for 700 yards in a game. Like, I never I never got that vibe for, from him. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, at, at SMU or now at uh, Miami. Miami. Yep. And, yep, yep. and he has players. Miami always brings in players. I mean, they may not be the Miami of the early 2000s or late 90s, but still, I mean, that's a... Maybe top ten right. program in the nation, so right. uh, not necessarily ranking wise, but in destination terms, um, it might be. So, I don't know, man. Um, I'm not, I'm not thrilled from an outsider's perspective of where the program would be headed in that direction. Right. Um, again, it's it's all speculative at this point, though. As SMU is, they still have Dykes at least for one more week. And it's probably going to be the same situation, and um, from when Dykes took over, it'll probably be a new coach come bowl game. Uh, and speaking of which, we don't even know where that's going to be, right? Because <laughs> uh, I was I was looking at the affiliates today of you know how the AAC uh, works, and here's what it uh, says in terms of that. The American Athletic Conference does not have a true pecking order. The bowl matchups are based on best possible games in geography. Also, these tie-ins are a bit loose. ESPN might make changes if uh, there's a better opportunity and stronger matchup in one of its own and operated bowls. So those bowls uh, include the Fenway Bowl, the Military Bowl, <laughs> doubled that down, and then the SoFi Hawaii Bowl versus the Mountain West. Uh, I mean, there's a potential for six I believe uh, AAC teams to become bowl eligible. So right now you have Houston and Cincinnati. Obviously, East Carolina is in there, SMU's in there, UCF. The two potentials are Tulsa and Memphis. Tulsa, who SMU plays, so that's not going to be a slouch game.
1: I was going to say Tulsa can't get in there. They're four and six right now.
0: No, they're five and six. Oh,
1: they're five and six.
0: So they have a potential to get bowl eligible this this last. I think think we're losing. I think we're we're losing. (laughs)
1: Um, We're, it, the Mustangs aren't playing for anything. No, it's it's really, I mean, it's... It's not like they win and, oh, if we win this, we get to go to Hawaii instead of Fort Worth no. for a bowl game. Like, there's yeah. nothing to play for. It
0: also says, you know, it's... The AAC will get a chance of putting four teams in these bowls, the Cure Bowl, Myrtle Beach Bowl, RoofClaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl, Serpro, on, First man. Responder Bowl, on, Ticket Smarter, man. Birmingham Bowl, Tropical Smoothie, Cafe Frisco Bowl, which I imagine that's where SMU will that's go. That's probably where they'll be, where they uh, say
1: geographical uh, location. Yeah,
0: so it'll be a group of five or yeah. army. Can, oh, can
1: we um, get you guys to stay in the dorms and play in the bowl game at the end of the week?
0: That <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, And for the it. other one is the Union Home Bowl. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparia Bowl. Yeah, Bowl. that's, yeah. It sounds awful. Uh, and then moving forward, they'll have the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl.
1: And so you figure Cincy won't be included in any of those games because I, I think they hold on to stand in the playoff hunt, I'm hoping so. They've only got two more games, and if they get the style points right,
0: yeah, they're, so they win next this coming week. Uh, let me look up who they're playing real quick. I cannot remember. And Georgia, Royale, oh, yeah. Alabama's going to take a loss too. So. East, East Carolina. Yeah, so, well, that's going to be the thing. So if Georgia loses, 100% they're going to keep both of them in there. Right. They're not going to move a previously undefeated Georgia team who has looked head and shoulders better than anybody else so mm-hmm. far all the way out to five. It's not gonna happen not gonna happen there's I don't think there's anything unless especially if you're
1: losing the number two team, it's not
0: yeah especially that, so Alabama and Georgia are gonna be in there, mm-hmm. Ohio state all they have to do is just not stumble right um, and they're in Cincinnati's the same thing, and if they they prove that they can beat Houston again, then they're for sure, right going to be in uh or did they already i think
1: they play you said east carolina i think they play houston this week
0: no they play east carolina because east carolina had a shot to make the aac title game had cincinnati lost oh and east carolina won got you so yeah um oh yeah no so houston houston and cincinnati have not played i I apologize i spoke out of uh out of pocket on that one no so that would be that would be a good uh barometer if they can win that one um they're going to keep Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati finally now has an inside track to because mm-hmm. it, all it took was for one of the schools above them, Ohio State, who murdered Michigan. Oh my State. gosh,
1: that was embarrassing.
0: <laughs> uh, and or Oregon to lose mm-hmm. and well, Oregon dropped out. So and unless they decide that a one loss Oklahoma State team is more worthy than Cincinnati which is possible. We've Depend, seen.
1: It depends on how they play against uh, in Bedlam this week. That'll be very interesting. What's well,
0: the thing? They, would they get them twice? Is that, I, I don't know the, uh, let me, I'm going to do some on broadcast research real quick. Big 12 standings. I gonna
1: say if they beat OU, that would put them in Baylor in the championship, wouldn't it?
0: So yeah. So Oklahoma, they both have one loss, Oklahoma state and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's up to Baylor to win as well. If Baylor loses, and you can have two straight weeks of Oklahoma Oklahoma State right um, that wouldn't
1: be bad to watch though so. I grew up in Oklahoma so I, I,
0: I <laughs> oh yeah like I'm, sure, hard, I'm sure I'm so. sure you're just like yeah yeah let's go for it <laughs> let's see um, Baylor did they play Oklahoma State no they they, did. so they lost Oklahoma State so right. o- so Baylor uh, Oklahoma would have to lose and Baylor would have to win for that to uh, for Baylor to get in there right if Oklahoma State loses they've already beat Baylor they would play again for two straight weeks. And that's probably the worst scenario the Big 12 could have and without having you know the, the divisions and everything like that. Mm-hmm. The worst case scenario is to have two teams play back-to-back weeks. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, at least you still have a, a conference championship. So. But if
1: you're going to do it, those are the two teams that have it happen with. If it's not OU in Texas, at least it's OU in Oklahoma State.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's definitely something to be said there because you're not going to get you know excited for – Kansas State or exactly West Virginia and <laughs> Texas Tech. No offense to any of these fans for those schools, but that's it, not going to that's not going to uh get you interested, make your uh, your sports pants yeah. excited.
1: It'll be um it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see what SMU does with Tulsa. I don't I don't know that we went Tulsa always plays us tough anyways
0: like last year, but they also had that Xavier and Collins kid who yep. was just wreck shop and then they had a competent enough quarterback. Uh, I mean, the power index for SMU and, and Tulsa, it's very heavy for, for SMU, but I, you just don't know. You, I, you don't know. know what the mindset's going <laughs> to be. I mean, if if it's confirmed that Dykes is leaving, you know, like, how do these players feel? That's, that's kind of what it looked like when they played this past week. It's like they look like they've been impacted by the outside noise. Mm-hmm. Um, or they just didn't get the fullest attention from their coaching staff to be prepared to play that team. Because, again, when I saw them play UCF, I was like, oh, yeah, they're gonna, it's going to be a tight game mm-hmm. against uh, Cincinnati. And,
1: but with, with that being said, too, which we've, we've, we've hinted around it all season pretty much, but the Central Florida game was actually the first significant time that we'd seen Bentley on the field since, mm-hmm. what, week two, week three?
0: Uh, since the week before Navy so that would have been UCF or USF USF so, right yeah
1: and so he as i told you to me he brings a whole different dynamic to the offense oh yeah and so when he's out there and then that touchdown run oh where he uh brings up the left sideline and he just runs straight over the guy that mm-hmm. came to, to tackle him it um that definitely to me played a role in their success against central florida because he's he's just that dynamic of a player in my opinion
0: yeah i mean he he brings that juice you know you you want you want to have you know that juice that players talk, I mean, that that mentality, or that killer inner instinct that just permeates throughout this, the 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 program or the mm-hmm. offense or whatever. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, we just didn't we didn't we didn't get that this past week. Did they were not, behind the eight he, ball. He, and he's
1: getting hit in the backfield. Yeah, and I mean,
0: as, great as Yeah, as great as the offensive line had played early this year, and you know, being one of the last four programs to not give up a sack. Granted, there have been some injuries and some shuffling, they have just looked atrocious. Yeah. I mean, they just, it was rough. They, they they could not block anybody uh this past week. And so you going against uh Tulsa, which you know, you they, they they should be able to handle Tulsa. They
1: should, should be able to. Um now play. what team shows up? We don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh Tulsa, you know, they've got I mean, and they even played Cincinnati close. They only lost by eight. Right. And so it's 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 hard to fathom just how bad SMU played in context around the conference because there's been teams that have had uh, Cincinnati so close they were just right there mm-hmm. and SMU had no shot from the from the first two drives right three and out and then touchdown on the first play that's like the most worst way imperfect way to start a game <laughs> or whatever then you get
1: the the block punt the following drive mm-hmm. and there was a block field goal yep. and
0: it was it, it was a snowball effect and. I don't know man, it's 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 really it's really tough uh for, for for me to watch to get excited for you know the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, I'm I mean I can't imagine it that being the same way for kids on campus, but still.
1: Yep. Like you said, what what are you playing for at this point? That don't there's no like you said, oh, depending on where you finish in the conference, you're gonna go to this bowl game, you're gonna go to that mm-hmm. bowl game. If they're just looking and picking and choosing, then SMU really has no Motivation outside of you know your name on your chest, and your name on your back. Let me go out here and and mm-hmm. just put it out there. But with the you know the coaching rumors swirling, and we're already bowl eligible, we're not losing anything. But you know uh, another number on the record if we lose this game, I don't I don't know that they come in there that motivated to to win.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What is the number now? Eight and twelve under Dykes and that last weekend of October onto the regular uh, throughout the rest of the season and mm-hmm. his tenure. That's terrible. Um, as great of a start as, uh, as he does. And uh, I hope TCU fans are excited about that. <laughs> you're going to have a great first half of the season <laughs> and then you're just going to have the collapse. I mean, it's, it, it, it happened that long they lose that second game. I'm cool. <laughs> as, uh, as, uh, as, I mean, as his record at Cal indicated, I mean, he was a, you know, subpar coach there, mm-hmm. you know, had a losing record. He's done great here. And I think that's more of his lane. Like I don't, that's where I'm confused as. It's like, you know, what's the draw, you know, you are you setting yourself up for failure just because it's that the grass is greener because now I'm in a power five conference, right? You know, it's all going to be about who, but, he...
1: I, but I think some of that might go back to what I referenced earlier is just SMU does things different. They, they, from what I have seen when I was there, And from things that I've been told from people who've worked inside of it, they just are very particular with how they go about supporting their athletic programs. And I know there's always a lot of hurdles or, you know, a lot of headaches just trying to get basic necessities met. Right. I know when um, when June came in, they were talking about having an indoor. We didn't have an indoor and they didn't want to give us an indoor so i remember one day we loaded up the buses and drove all the way out to Rockwall so that we could practice out in their indoor and I, i'm assuming he did that just to prove a point mm-hmm. you know like hey we need to have an indoor luckily they have it now mm-hmm. but to it's very nice it, it it is i love it but to have to go through that to get an indoor facility built or you know whatever it may be might Sonny might just be tired of dealing with it. Like, you know what? I know they support the the athletic programs over here. I have a uh, the path of least resistance over here mm-hmm. to be able to get things done and run the program how I want to do it and all of that stuff as opposed to having to pull teeth to get a lot of things done.
0: No, that's a very valid point. Um, and I, that's the insight you can't get anywhere else because you've been in it. Yep. We've been around it uh, for a number of years now. So it's just uh, – it's an unfortunate – Situation. I mean, like, I, I, th- I know that's how you know Tom Herman, you know, instituted changes at Texas to try to change the culture of the the donors run the ship type Absolutely. Of thing. And, you know, we're gonna do it this way. We need X, Y, and Z to to attract these big recruits so we can start winning. And you know, it, it proved him right, but you know, it's also was his downfall too. So, Absolutely. Um, I, I get I, it.
1: I will say though, I'm not gonna act like I. Um, like it's a good riddance to sunny type of thing. I, I loved what he did for the program. I'm I'm glad that he came through. I would love if he would stay mm-hmm. a little while longer. But if you got to go, you got to go.
0: I honestly thought SMU would be his retirement
1: right school. That's what uh, I was hoping for.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's positioned them in a in a place they haven't been in thirty years. Yep, Easy. and uh, you you would want to you would hope that you could keep that going because just was it three years? No, two. 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Four years in a game. I don't think that's enough to really have righted the, the ship that it was at prior. Absolutely. Um, and so you would want for that to stay at least a couple more seasons. So you can build your, the, that tree below you, like just keep learning from me. Let's just, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Let's keep growing and everything like that. And I can then pass it off and, maybe go to a different program or maybe retire or whatever. Absolutely. But as you said, as you just said, you know, he, maybe he's tired of, of the politics part of Mm -hmm. it. Um, I have felt like they have given everything though to, to to the Sonny Dykes, um, that he's asked for. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe it's just that he has met the end of that rope. Right. And there's nothing more that can be done or more that can be provided outside of just, uh, dollars, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's 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 a weird, unfortunate situation um, that you hope as an SMU fan it doesn't derail the train, right? Because it's it's We've finally been trending in the right direction. Yes, it's finally on the right tracks uh, and it's going places. But you know, at the G five level, it's always so far it can go, though. Mm-hmm. So, understood. Um, you know, you don't want it to be. You don't want your school to become a stepping stone. And it's funny, like now that Houston, I just read a story that Houston is in the going to the Big Twelve. They are now going to build a state of the art facility mm-hmm. for that program. Yep, and I know Ford's not that old, Mm-mm. but I mean you're you're capped because that's only what a. Th- 35,000 seat stadium? Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, they've got it uh the way it's built though, where you can add a, another upper deck on there and I think it would expand it out to uh, I want to say like 50 or something like that. But at this point they're not even they're not filling up what they've got currently. So
0: well, Yeah, so 32,000 right now currently. But you, that's but that's the problem though is that what you have coming in is never going to fill up that stadium. Right. So you need to get to that next level. You need have to be to. that Power 5 mm-hmm. school. So you can bring in teams that people want to see. Mm-hmm. It's like you
1: see. said; people want to come in and see those other teams play as well. It's yeah. not just about coming to watch the Mustangs play.
0: Yeah, they don't want to see ACU in North Texas every year. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, so as a as a UTA alum, it's the same situation. When we were on the stage, we couldn't get teams to come in ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're familiar with Texas Hall and the stage, it was literally a basketball court on an amphitheater stage, and they had bleachers in the back. And then you would have the amphitheater seating on the floor. Wow. Absolutely. It was funny. There was a story. There was a story uh, Scott Cross, the head coach, used to tell when he would do recruiting trips. He would say, he would have them lock the doors on purpose and say, oh, it's locked. They must be doing something on the gym. So he couldn't show them how (laughs) downtrodden the program was. Right. Uh, But, you know, we, as a lower. You know Sunbelt or Southland team, like we would get the East Texas Baptist, and you would have 400 people that maybe show up to a game. It's like you're never going to get people in to, to watch a basketball game at UTA if you're bringing in this. Yep. Yep. Um, the one time that they brought in, uh, they, they've had two great houses, three maybe, was when they opened the CPC against UTSA, it was a full house, and then the next year they had homecoming against Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, and it was sold out. Uh, that was the buddy. That was when Buddy Hield was his senior year. I think he's in his prime or junior year. One of the two. He was, you know, lighting it up. Uh, and then um, some post – Oh, it was a uh, NIT game. Um, they sold out. So, point being is that Ford will never fill up until, you know, it's they're bringing in competition. People want to see a. You're, yeah, you have that you know, regularly. You know, mm. I you I know you will never get Texas up here, but they mm, won't have it. Maybe, you know, bring, remember when Texas Tech came? Right. When Baker Mayfield was running the, the show? It was sold out. That berm was sold out and everything. Mm-hmm. The entire, I remember.
1: It. I played against them throughout my career, and they, they traveled well. Yeah, And Central Florida traveled well, surprisingly. They had a lot of fans in yeah, the stands.
0: right. But, I mean, having, like I said, the ACUs and the UNTs, those are never going, unless they're good, unless UNT is good, right? which isn't often, <laughs> they're never going to sell out that stadium.
1: Just want you to repeat hey, that real quick for my wife who's listening.
0: Is she a UT, UNT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't be good for a very long time because they, like you and the SMU, are a stepping stone program. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're we've lost wind of of you know how much we can actually talk about in the excitement of this program for this year. Because of the you know the last th- three or four games, you know you yep. you've basically crapped a bed the last yep. you know three or four weeks, and the sale that you had blowing is completely gone. You're now you know going against the grain and mm-hmm.
1: I do like it though, like I said, if, if nothing else, Sonny has come in and shown that it can be it can be done. and so we mm-hmm. find it's, SMU finds the right guy. He gets the right staff around. They start to get, you know, the good recruits to come in, or hopefully hold on to the good recruits that they've already. That's gonna got. be tough,
0: man. It's
1: who it, it can't be. Just don't kill my dream, man. Can I just let me get through Thanksgiving? I just want. <laughs> I just want to have my my Thanksgiving. Are oh, you gonna have it? You're carried. gonna have it. It's just.
0: <laughs> if if you're, you're right, though, if all indications are correct that who they have pegged as the person to replace Sonny, I think that is a colossal step backward. Mm-hmm. Um. again, he just – he doesn't – he didn't move the needle then. And he hasn't done anything in Miami. I got to be optimistic, though. Because I mean, we felt the same it. way about
1: Sonny. We felt the same way about Sonny when he, when he got brought in. I was like, mm, okay.
0: Yeah, that's true. No, uh, if, if, I can, if I can recall uh, SMU Twitter and uh, what they've been saying currently, it's like, yeah, we felt the same way about Sonny. He's proved us wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that was just a, a marriage – that worked perfectly. He brought in the right people. Yeah, it was
1: perfect, perfect, um, perfect storm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it coalesced into that perfect storm to where, you know, he he was a manager of the people, and he let them do what they needed to do as opposed to trying to be that offensive guru at Cal against much better programs like mm-hmm. USC, UCLA, Stanford, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um so no, he 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 did a good job of like kind of taking a step back, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know who would move the needle. For I, I, that's a good hypothesis. Who would move the needle for you to be the next SMU head coach should Sonny Dykes leave?
1: I don't even got the answer this way. I don't got them.
0: Not at all. There's not one there's not one OC or DC out there that you, you know, I don't I don't track it that
1: much to know like oh I'd love to see this guy or that guy. I'm familiar with people who I'm familiar with. Sure. And then, you know, outside of that, like I said, it's it's, it's I wouldn't wouldn't be the guy to lead up the, the head coach search committee. I promise that much.
0: <laughs> no, you just you <laughs> want to be that uh that D B analyst so you can
1: Yep. That consultant have me, your weekends
0: off and or your week off or whatever and then come in and talk about what we saw and everything and you yep. fix. I get it. I mean, that's, that'd be the luxury role. Train the guys There's for me the, to move the needle, and this go kind of goes. This I'm gonna put on my marketing hat and and, and then tie it in back to sports. SMU the last couple of years has all been has been trying to make the program about Dallas mm-hmm. as a whole, not just Highland Park. You're talking about South Dallas, mm-hmm. East, West, North Dallas, all the areas. It's, I mean, and and having a guy like Samples on staff has been able to be a boon for that in your recruiting. Samples, to me, is the guy because mm-hmm. he embodies what most of Dallas is to these recruits whatever. It's it's somebody who has risen through and cut his teeth in you know, tough areas or whatever, like Duncanville. I mean, he didn't grow up in the best of areas for right. Duncanville and everything like that. And that's going to be a lot of who would be interested in playing football or whatever. I mean, there's of course, it's going to be economically – privileged kids who are going to be able to play. There's going to be those who are disadvantaged, and, and he can speak to both because he has seen both and helped guide it both. Absolutely. Both through Duncanville, seen it at Texas, and ha- is doing it at TCU. I think I don't I don't think Garrett Riley moves the needle. He might be an offensive genius, but I don't think he does anything uh, in, in terms of that unless you want continuity off- offensively, but that's going right. to only win you so many games. Mm-hmm. But I think having somebody like Samples who can talk to recruits and a more approachable tone, I think, does it. I mean, I I don't know. That's that's just me. I just right. kind of he embodies that Dallas mentality more so than a guy from, or is he Lubbock? Right. Or yeah, Le- Roosevelt is where he went to. So uh, and then you know, uh, is Lincoln Riley's brother, and I don't know, man. That's that's who I think. That's who moves the needle. That's who at least I think keeps the the train on the track and. Allows you to continue to build because he's gonna, you don't know what he is until he isn't, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, and so I think, I think he is his arrow is pointed up. And if you lose him, because I'm sure Texas is you know wishing they would have kept him, mm-hmm. if you lose him, I think you're going to see a drastic drop off in recruits. Mm-hmm. I think that's just me, yeah, especially the way you know conference realignment is shaken out. We don't know what SMU is. That's thought a, lot of. Of right a lot of moving parts, right now. A lot of moving parts, and so to have at least somebody fill that void from within to right the ship and, and keep it on the tracks, I think that's. The I get it,
1: and like you said, let's not forget we've got um, UTSA coming into the conference too. So now you battling with them for in-state recruits as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Who else? Rice, because they're going to fill that Houston void. Now, I'm not saying Rice is going to be. They're very much a, a uh, private school in the terms of there's a certain way that we do things type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't
1: believe they're just like reinventing the Conference USA again. It's oh, crazy. that's all they did. These they, are all the it's, same it's, schools it's, I played against. It's the exact,
0: <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Uh, it's just it's it's Conference USA 2.0, and mm-hmm. it's going to be the downfall of the conference, just like because when realignment hits again. You know the SMUs are going to be plugged and UTSA is going to be plugged. and then what's the Gun American beat. going to have to exactly do? They're going to have to fill with in, no knock on James Madison or North Dakota State or whatever, but you know those <laughs> aren't the pr- same, right? You know lineage of you know big uh, media markets or anything like that that absolutely. you have to fill with. I don't know. It's just it's crazy. <laughs>
1: it's absolutely <laughs> yep. crazy.
0: But no samples. If if anybody out there is listening from smu rick hart hire samples do not go with a retread who didn't do squat for you the first time <laughs> go with samples
1: keep keep them on staff don't no. let him out the door
0: don't even keep him on staff give him give the man a raise
1: right no no yeah do what you need to do promote, to keep, keep him in the building promote do not him. let yeah. him don't, out of those doors ch-
0: yeah do the uh Houston Rockets and lock him in in the in the house with the chair Right. And everything like right, that right. make right. sure he can't sign his his tender elsewhere absolutely <laughs> i love it i love it oh man so it's it's wednesday that, uh, before thanksgiving just talk about what your uh a what's your favorite uh, tradition for this time of year. Mm -hmm. Uh, and even if it's not the traditional Thanksgiving meal, what's your, what's your go-to thing that you look forward to, to eat on Thanksgiving?
1: Um, tradition is really just being with family, Mm -hmm. being with family this year. We're all kind of spread out a little bit, which I'm, I'm happy. It's just going to be, uh, me and my wife and our two babies. And so we're going to kick it real tough, Mm -hmm. watch some football and relax. And then, um, food wise, Love the um, some good dressing, good dressing with some cranberry sauce. Now are you
0: are you a dressing or stuffing? Dressing. Okay, so you actually do the around the turkey yep, or yep, the bird. Yep, yep, yep. Or whatever. Okay, for me, it's uh, tradition is just to just detox from the world. I watch that one Cowboys game. I don't even watch the, the was it the Lions that you usually play at mm-hmm. noon. And then now they've introduced Thursday, the Thursday the the Thursday night football. Right. Uh, I don't do that. It's, one a, it's day. a day full of football. I don't even do that. Um, <laughs> I try to avoid listening or watching, but then I'll start, I'll know I'll get caught into it. The uh, parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade.
1: I always cut it on in the morning. Just have it
0: playing. Have such, it going. Such terrible television just to watch balloons <laughs> float. And then like, of course you have the lip syncers or whatever, who are doing a terrible rendition of whatever song. And right. Uh, the only ones that are, are impressive are like the marching bands mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, those are fun to watch. Um, Come through, see the floats and everything. So, yeah, I'll I'll watch the Cowboys, and I'll try to just uh, lay off social media as much as possible um, and and not worry about what's going on in the world. Uh, And then, for me, it's not necessarily the actual meal, but it's being able to kind of assemble it after the fact and having, like, a little... So you get a roll, you get everything, just a little bit of everything in there, just mm-hmm. making a big ass sandwich. Your sandwich. The leftover Thanksgiving sandwich, whether it is actually the one that you get after the
1: game. Yeah, the
0: the <laughs> whether it's an actual turkey sandwich or if it's something, if we decided not to do turkey and it's you know I don't know prime rib or whatever, just something, just like a, the leftover inside of a roll and just killing it. Go ham on it. I love it, except ham. I don't I'm not a huge ham fan. I I can do the ham. In, in, in small doses. Yep. It's just, it's, it's a weird meal. On Thanksgiving, that,
1: but that's it. Not like any other time. You Let's can't do, do ham
0: it. at any other time of the year? I
1: can, but I don't chew. Like when I go to the store, it's like, ugh, I'm cool. Let me get the turkey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No,
0: turkey, I, I definitely agree. Turkey's a little bit more versatile for me as well with, when it comes to like, if I'm at a sandwich shop, I don't want, I don't really don't want ham or if I'm at a barbecue joint, I'm not going to get ham. I'll get sausage, which is mm-hmm. weird. I'll, it's still pork and everything. <laughs> um, but or brisket or yeah right. uh, like a chop a uh, uh, pulled pork sandwich i'll get that but like pork
1: slices right eh. get on it nah if y'all could have seen the disgust on his face right
0: there <laughs> nah nah <laughs> but yeah no nose all crinkled up and everything like that that's a long snout to crinkle that's funny <laughs> all right man so predictions Against Tulsa, what do, you, what do you? You said two weeks ago that they wouldn't win another game, and they proved us wrong. We proved you wrong. Yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. I take it on the chin gladly. Boom, gladly. Um, but what do you? What do you think in this one? Uh, do you think? Do you think they pull it together and and at least end the I'm, season on positive? I'm not
1: optimistic about it. I, I think Tulsa has um Tulsa plays us tough. Anyways, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those rivalry games and. As far back as I can remember, we always have good games against Tulsa, whether they're the better team by far or whether, you know, SMU's the better team by far. Tulsa always comes in and competes, and it's always a good game. I think Tulsa has more to play for this year, especially trying to find that bowl berth. And SMU does not have anything that they're necessarily playing for outside of just pride mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, you know. And I think with them going – bowling already and you got the the coaching stuff going on and probably still just feeling a little down about themselves after last week I don't I don't think that they're going to come in and and um and get the win I don't think that they're going to lay down either I don't think it'll be a blowout by any means but I think Tulsa walks away with the win
0: interesting interesting well SMU is six and a half point favorites um they're heavily favored according to the ESPN power index the thing that kind of sticks with me is that I think SMU's done a good job the last few years of being good at home. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. They are five and zero this year at home, uh, and Tulsa is two and three on the road. I mean, given how bad their quarterback has played, he's got 16 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. I don't know if he was out for any period of time this year because mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have a lot of yards, and they don't really have a lot of – I mean, 25 points a game is what they score. They gave up 27. I think SMU will win. Um, I think it will be a good senior day for, you know, the Calcateras and uh, – is a bit – no, he's not. Roberson. Uh, Roberson, uh, Siggers. I think he's a, uh, I'm going to miss him. I liked him this year. Yeah, I, he's a good change of pace back. He's definitely not a feature back. No, um, but I
1: love what he brought to the to the table. Yeah, a
0: little little balloon uh, ball of uh, of running, and
1: especially stepping in when um, Bitley was down. Mm-hmm. He, he did an awesome job.
0: Yeah, but I I think I think SMU um, I think they win. They, I, th- I think they cover. If I'm a betting person, I think they'll cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I think they want to prove that last week was a aberration. Uh, but you know, I think that's. They're somewhere in the middle. They're somewhere in the middle of the team that they they wore two weeks ago and then this past week. They're Mm -hmm. somewhere there, and I think that's what we're going to get. We're going to kind of get that – we're just going to play with our food early on, kind of like against USF in Mm -hmm. the first half, put them on them in the second half, and then just kind of – Cakewalk to the end. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's where we're going to be at. I at, get it. Um, and then we'll we'll find out uh, their opponent for the Frisco Bowl. <laughs> Whenever, <laughs> when, when that gets announced. You can mark my words. They're probably going to be in the Frisco Bowl. Um, and then that will be most likely the end of the Sonny Dykes. Uh, Era. And, unless, you know, there's a weird change of heart. Uh, which I don't see it happening. Um, you know that'll probably be the end of the Sunny Dykes era uh, right. after this week because I don't I don't see him sticking around for the bowl game. Not for the bowl game. He's got a recruit uh, going to TCU. He's got a bevy of, of players. That Chandler Morris kid who played at Highland Park, um, mm-hmm. who then went to Oklahoma, Oklahoma didn't play and, and transferred out. Transferred out uh, and had some weird uh, transfer hiccup between Licking Riley and going to TCU. Uh, they've got. Uh, Zach Evans, who was the number one overall running back a few years ago coming out of Glen or North Park. Uh, I feel like I saw a report saying he
1: wanted to go into the portal. I'm not sure if that was true or I, not, though. I,
0: I, there was talk of that. I, I think that was more because it was a Gary, uh, Gary Patterson issue, mm-hmm. less of um, uh, than anything else. So mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine he is going to stay around if if Sunny comes. Um, and It really just depends on what kind of – offensive mind he brings along with him if it's going to be Garrett Riley or if it's going to be uh, somebody else. Right. We'll see man. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, um,
1: big changes coming.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. So hold on to your butts, SMU fans. Um, <laughs> just wanna quickly again pre, uh send a, a shout out to Loten Block group. They are part of Compass uh, again the award winning group has been a party to sold listings or represented buyers totaling over 100 million dollars in chain. closed real estate transactions ranging from the ranging from first-time home buyers international and domestic relocation clients moving up and or downsizing both buying and or selling luxury homes and development project sales lot and block group gives an edge to their clients that produces results and as brian just so eloquently put ching 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 ching. (laughs) (laughs) any parting shots you want to give man before we get to this holiday break and uh reconvene for the season to talk about the season finale
1: that's all i got man thank you guys for listening checking in with us throughout the season um happy thanksgiving happy holidays enjoy your families
0: yeah absolutely guys um Again, we are the Believe in SMU podcast. You can find us on the Believe in S- uh, Believe podcast network. We're on all the platforms: Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all that. You can find uh, me at I am Speeders on Twitter. Brian is that? at
1: BMAC929 on Twitter.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you can also you know read about SMU happenings on Rival smu.rivals.com affectionately known as the hill topics all right man it's uh let's get out of here before There's they on. before they throw the shut the lights Pull off let's go mm-hmm. thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b l e a v on youtube